That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. What's up? Some love to humans for the awesome intro and closing. Today's guest is Ruri Fairbarns. Ruri grew up on the Isle of Mull in Scotland, where he set up his first business selling and serving PCs on the island at age 16. He followed a career in sales, and at the age of 25, he found himself in London as a commodities broker. 18 months ago, after a few failed attempts, Ruri quit drinking, and it fundamentally changed his life. Together with a colleague, they decided to create something to change the peer pressure around giving up drinking, and that is One Year No Beer, which we're going to talk about in this episode, and we're going to learn a bit about Ruri and his struggle and his journey quitting alcohol. But first, a word from our gracious sponsor, Foundations Recovery Network. At Foundations Recovery Network, our mission is to create lifetime relationships for long-term recovery. In our history of doing good is the promise of your future getting better. So if you or someone you love needs help, please know we are here to help. And the sign on our door says, we care. We create an individualized treatment plan for the whole person, for the whole you. Because to us, you matter. The first step to recovery is heroic. We know that. And with our heroes in recovery movement, we honor those who have taken that step toward recovery and stand up for you and stand beside you and stand together to break the stigma placed on addiction. Call our confidential and private line at 877-714-1318. We are here to help you and help has a phone number 877-714-1318. Make the call. We're listening. We're Foundations Recovery Network. Check out Foundations Recovery Network. Also, check out Heroes in Recovery, two awesome resources to help in your sobriety and your journey in recovery. Now, are you looking for a sober app? Are you looking for something to track your sobriety? Maybe show you how much money you've saved. Maybe get a daily inspirational quote. You can do that with the I Am Sober app. I Am Sober is a motivational companion app for tracking your sobriety. Along with tracking your sobriety, it helps you reach key milestones like seven days or one month. And it sends you daily motivation along the way. You can also combine your stats with sober clubs and meet fellow sobriety seekers. You can find it on the app store on Google play, or you can visit I am sober That's I am sober And you can pick it up there. It's a couple of bucks. I wouldn't rep it. If I didn't use it myself, I use it every day. I get the daily motivational quote on top of that, Nick and the team over at I am sober are awesome people. They're good, good folks. So I'm glad to have them on the show, sponsoring the show, and thank you to them. Thank you to Foundations Recovery again, too. If you're looking for conferences, go there and check them out. There's a conference coming up in Nashville on the 20th and the 21st. I'll actually be there doing some shows there. So if you're interested in that, check that out and do that on foundationsrecoverynetwork.com. A couple more things, and then we'll get to Rory's interview. Go to thatsoberguy.com, become a member, and get Access to awesome resources, the six quick tips to quit drinking free download. 
all kinds of stuff on there. You can also join the private Facebook group, Sober Guy, Sober Girl, help keep you accountable, meet some great people, stay connected. It's an awesome place to do that. You can request an ad on Facebook. Just search Sober Guy, Sober Girl, or you can go to that soberguy.com and there's a button on there you can click to find that. One quick note before we get into this too. I want to say I'm a huge supporter of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm a huge supporter of Celebrate Recovery. They saved my ass. I've made that very evident. Now, we're seeing some different guests. There's some alternative programs out there. I'm not saying they're right. I'm not saying they're wrong. I bring these guests on because, number one, I think they're interesting. It's good to get different opinions of what has worked for people and what hasn't worked for people. For me to sit here and say that the only way to do things is this way is bullshit to me. That doesn't fly in my book. Everybody's different. You know, some things work for some people and some things don't work. So I think that we're doing the recovery community a huge injustice by saying that AA is the only way to go or NA is the only way to go. I'm not saying that it's not one of the best ways to go. So don't confuse it with that. What I am saying is to bring on guests that are trying to create different programs or write books or have a different way that they've tried something. You know, those types of things can really be a bridge to bridging that gap to somebody who might have had a bad experience in in AA or NA, and they might go and check a meeting out from seeing this other program that they try out. Maybe it works for them, maybe it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. But for us to neglect any other programs or any other ways of recovery or thoughts of recovery or, or, or trying to figure out how we can quit drinking is just fucking stupid to me. And I'm never, ever going to do that. And you're never going to hear me change my mind on that. So I just want to be very evident because it has to do with this review I'm about to read on the iTunes review of the week. It's titled Jack Canfield needs your money, right? It's by Tot Hot Spurs. Says, I don't really get you, Shane. Jack admits no personal substance abuse addiction, yet portrays himself as an expert in the field who is simply reselling, tapping, EFT, hocus pocus from Nick Ortner and Gary Craig to add to his ridiculous wealth. One more useless self-help book is not required. Addiction equals isolation. I can't fix me. I've tried that with no success. I need God and the fellowship of AA, not another waste of paper. So there's a couple points in there. I agree with you. I need God too for me. I need God. Maybe somebody else doesn't. I don't know. I know what I need. And I agree, but you're not the only one with an addiction problem. So just because something doesn't work for you doesn't mean it can't work for somebody else. Okay. That's ultimately what this is about is trying to help people who are struggling with alcoholism, with addiction. And if there's alternative formats out there to help bring people together, like sober guy radio, like one year, no beer, which we're going to talk about like the 30 day sobriety solution, then so be it. Stop being a closed-minded fuck and open your mind up and see that the world's evolving, technology's evolving, there's lots of other avenues to open up people's minds and expose them to a sober life. It's not just your way. Now, that being said, I appreciate your feedback. I really do. Now, let's get to Ruri. Welcome to the show today. We're talking with Ruri Fairbairns. So man, I, I I'm super stoked to talk to you today. I I um you know we got a chance to talk a little bit before. You have a project, one year no beer, and uh, man, what an awesome project it is! It's really gaining a Thank lot you. of momentum. I'm really looking forward to hearing more about it. First, let's get into this first question. It's one of my favorites, man. Um, 
what's the craziest, most ridiculous, least sensible act that you've ever experienced while drinking or using drugs? Wow. <laughs> so driving around the hill in, in uh, you know, on the Isle of Mull where I'm from, on, on the bonnet of a truck um, with a duvet over, holding a shotgun, drinking a out of a bottle of whiskey on New Year's Day, um, and you know we're, we're driving the trucks and racing each other, and you know one brother stops and the other guy driving, which you know I'm on the bonnet of, he doesn't. They ram into each other, and all of a sudden I'm in the back of the other truck, oh, entangled shit. with the shotgun and the and the duvet <laughs> and the bottle of whiskey. Man, dude, that sounds like a movie. There's an element of me that misses the the um, you know the absolute craziness. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm still I'm still inherently a, a a wild child, so I still like to. But I just get it in a very different way that isn't destructive to my life now. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, there's a way to get that hit, that that excitement, that sort of adrenaline rush, if you like, without it costing people around you or or costing you know your own health or well-being yeah, yeah sanity too um yeah and and the sanity of it man just staying staying locked into that it's funny you bring that up too because i i definitely relate to that in the fact that there's something i think there's something about me that there's this once this adrenaline or still likes that excitement or just you know there's a screw loose at some points and so I still like seek that out, but it's just like you're saying yeah. in different ways. Now it's not self-destructive. Um, it's in, it's in a more positive manner. Thank God. So I, I, I like you will always feel that. And that little thing. In fact, I got a tattoo on my back when I was 19 to remind myself, um, that there was always this, you know, this voice, this yeah. person, whatever, this part of me. And I, I I will always have that. It will always and you know, now it might be, you know, cycling too close to a bus on my Brompton, which is not quite the same <laughs> as not quite the same yeah. as the craziness I used to get up to. But it still gives me a bit of a thrill. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt, man. It's not a tramp stamp, right, Rory? <laughs> no, no, it's up <laughs> right across my shoulders in the back. That see that that's nice and manly. I have I have a good buddy of mine and I'm sure he won't mind. I won't say his name, but he listens to the show sometimes. One one of my best buds, and uh, he's he got a, a like it's like a tribal tramp stamp from way back in the day. I think he was probably seventeen or eighteen. Man, we always got to give him shit for it because it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, let's uh let, let's kind of backtrack a little bit, man. Explain who you once were and who you are today. Um, <clears throat> I grew up on the Isle of Mull on the west coast of Scotland. Um, beautiful place, great wilderness growing up. Um, but you know everybody everybody drinks. Um, so pretty much pretty much used to that. Um, I've always been the you know the the party the center of the party the one creating it. Um, but I was always extremely hardworking. I'm ADHD, um, and um, you know when I'm younger that means they they, they basically want to drug you because they don't understand you. Mm -hmm. um, and my parents refused to let that happen, um, and I was very lucky for that. And by them allowing me to express myself um, in weird and wonderful ways. And that might have been going out to Ibiza and going absolutely insane out there. Um, and, you know, that ending up with arriving back into London, believing the Spanish mafia were, were, were trying to kill us. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> yes. Things your brain can do to madness. you. When, when you're, yeah, yeah, madness. Um, and, um, you know, part of really hard, but, you know, I always, I always had a very strong work ethic. Um, I was always trying to climb things and I was always trying to, to get better. So 
I, I sort of followed a sales career and that, you know, that took me down to Glasgow and, and as I said, crossed Ibiza. And then um, after I set up my own business when I was, um, well, the first one when I was 16, just leaving school, um, it was selling and servicing PCs on the Isle of Mull. And um, then I tried to get into a few jobs. Um, so, yeah, I, I was determined to, um, I think from a young age, I was always very determined to be successful. I was always really going for it. I lived life to the absolute max at every at every corner. Um, and um, then I went to set up another business for myself. Um, that one ran for three years. It was a sort of tech sales company. Um, and it was good. I was having a good time, but I was still, you know, it was parting hard. Now, just to set the scene as a kind of drinker I am, you know, I'm a social drinker, so I don't go home and um, drink or rarely would I would I go home and, and carry on drinking. But I would carry on, you know, I mean, I'd yeah. easily do two, three days out on the source, um, you know, going absolutely mad for it. And, you know, girlfriends at the time would be like, where the hell have you been dragged in from somewhere? Um <laughs> Yeah, so um, I, I ran my businesses and and um, and then wound up uh, one, and it was a very difficult time. Found myself back on the Isle of Mull, drinking pretty heavily, um, just not really sure what to do. And and um, somebody said one day, "Oh, you should f- go to that program, The Apprentice." Um, so I filled out, you know, went home drunk one day, filled out the the, the Apprentice um, application form, being a bit, you know, full of banter, um, answering the questions a bit stupid, and wind yeah. forward, you know five months and loads of interviews and I've signed a contract and I'm going to go on the show. Um, this is like series two in the UK. Really? Um, cut a long story short, they uh, didn't go on that day. And um, instead of flying back to Scotland as they were going to have me, I went to Ibiza again. Woohoo! Oh, oh shit. Um, went a little bit mad and I bumped into a random person out there who was a broker in London. And that's how I got the job at my current company. So a bit of a bit of a weird yeah. um, way to move into London. But it was when I started as a broker um, that I was given a you know an expense account and young people to take out, um, and you know that really really worked for me. You know I could I could have a Tuesday lunch, um, be out on till three in the morning on Wednesday and Thursday, and do lunch on Friday. So I met my amazing wife uh, Jennifer. She's um you know she was absolutely fantastic and we carried on partying as you do when you first meet your wife you know you're still partying in that same Friday in fact you know if anything heavier you get together and you're like wow kindred spirits we're mental let's go mad <laughs> um, and coupled with my job and we did that and then you have a kid and something fundamental happens to these amazing women when they have a kid their 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 biology changes and that's amazing and it doesn't happen for the guys now okay you might shoot me down for this one out there folks but but this is my opinion and it doesn't happen for the guys and it takes a little bit longer for us to come around and that depends on the individual how long it takes for them to start to realize that they need to change and for me that change was really probably a year um, now I love being a dad and, um, you know, we're both a part of the amazing, you know, good dad project with Larry. I just yes. absolutely yeah. love that place. And, and actually how we met the, the partying and the alcohol and coming home at four o'clock in the morning and, you know, falling asleep on the doorstep of the house. Cause I can't find my keys again, you know, <laughs> on a, on a Wednesday night, you know, it's just not conducive to successful family life. And, you know, somebody really, um, impressive said to me one day as a lady and she said you know um, I put my foot down with my husband uh, he was an insurance broker and I put my foot down and said you know 
stop drinking or you're or you're out. But I have several friends who never put their foot down and they're now living with alcoholics. Oh, yeah. And I just thought, you know, it's it's really sad. And it, it, it it takes something. It takes something in us men to make that decision, to make that, you know, I want to step up. I want to be, you know, I want to be a good father. I want to be a good husband. You know, I know I need to change. What finally, so, so what finally clicked for you um, and made you want to change, Rory? I think that's that, you know, that, my, you know, without a doubt, my wife turning around to me and saying, um, you know, I've had enough um, of your drinking. Um, I'll see you in Sweden. I'll be there with the kids. My, my, my wife is Swedish. Obviously, at the time, I was still like, well, there's more to this than just my drinking. And then, and what's really interesting is that what was hard for her to realize and that we both got there through counseling is that I'm drinking for a reason. Um, and that reason isn't just the fact that I like alcohol. And it's not just the fact that my job has paid for that. There's a reason why I don't come home again on a Wednesday night or, or miss the dinner that she'd organized on the Thursday. You know, things aren't quite happy in the relationship and yeah. that stuff has to be worked on. But while the booze is there, you're not going to fix those things. You're not going to, you know, you can try, you can, you can do those things. And we, we got a long way. Okay, that's fair. I'll give you that credit. But if you really want to sort out your relationship, if you really want to improve things, then knock the booze on the head. Yeah. Absolutely number one. Man, great. That's so, yeah, great I mean, advice, man. That's, I, I, love yeah. hear, I love hearing you say that, bro. Yeah, I think – well, I th to me, I think that the alcohol is the first step to all yeah. therapy. I think that's your – it's the gateway to your health and well-being full stop. If you, want, if you want to change something in your life, whether it's your fitness, your weight, your diet, your, your – you know – I thought I was IBS for years. I've suffered with IBS. I gave up booze. I went back. I thought, you know what? I'm going to sort this out. I'm just lactose intolerant. That was easy to sort out. For <laughs> oh, years I've suffered. You know, and no, it's, it's funny, man. And it's such a good point because it's just kind of what you're talking about is um, the booze is just, that's just the face of it. And so we tend to blame it all on the booze, but really it's just about taking a look at ourselves and, and yes. how do we want to make the changes and what do we need to do to make the changes and Man, for many of us, it is really simple. Once we can cut that booze out of there and then start actually looking at ourselves for who we are and who we want to yeah. become, then we can start applying, you know, those dreams, those aspirations, those projects, those, um, you know, being a good dad, being a good husband, like all those little things, man. Such a great point, man. Thanks for pointing that yeah. out. You, got, you had an ultimatum pretty much from your wife. Like, look, this is, this is it. Like, it's either me or, you know, or the booze, something, something needs to change. So how does that change kind of take place? And then um, let's, get into, let's get into starting One Year No Beer. So I think um, one of the key things here was that I still felt that this wasn't the, the, the problem, that this was the, the, the peripheral. But what actually changed for me is my wife is, has had a very difficult childhood, and she's quite an angry lady. She was quite an angry lady. And I wanted her to deal with her anger management, and she – wouldn't she wouldn't step up to the plate so i decided to do an anger management course and on the anger management course it says the two biggest promoters or whatever promoters that will take that along um of anger are alcohol and coffee so i, I thought that's it 90 days i'm giving up booze and it was on the 90 days that i met up with a chap who I used to broke with at, at, at our company and um, he now works for a different company and um, we got together and he said yeah I, I, I've done six months now 
was like, what? <sighs> Thinking about this guy, you know, whenever I saw him, I just picture him with a pint in his hand. You yeah. know, I mean, he was a big, he's a big drinker. You know, he's party boy, successful broker, but drinker. Yeah. Um, and that was just part of his identity. You know, you just what you would associate with him. And I was like, what? And he said, yeah, I just came back from Ireland for my 40th. And I didn't drink. And I was like, wow. And and when you meet somebody inspiring like that, you know what? I'm like, I'm, I'm, I rate myself as a human being. If he can do that, I must be able to do that. Come on, you know, I, yeah. I, I can do this. And my 90 days was giving up just before my birthday. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to do my birthday sober. And just after that was Christmas. And I thought, imagine doing my first Christmas since I was, I don't know, 12. <laughs> I, I hadn't had a drink. I'm like, yeah, I want to do that just for the, just for the sake of the self-control. And um, this is where it started to come. And, you know, of course, during the 90 days, um, that's where I felt just the most magic. You know, I started to lose weight. I went, I, you know, I went from 23% body fat down to 10.6. Um, wow. I started to, you know, get, get really fit, run a lot. I ran my first half marathon in 134. Um, you know, I was just, I was just really loving life again and feeling so much energy and, waking up um and this is when andy and i sat down together and said there's something fundamentally wrong here that him and i have both wanted to tried to and thought about giving up and there's no support out there for a moderate to heavy drinker to want to go and 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 give up now that's what we felt at the time so we wanted to create something and we looked at this and we looked at our network who we were and we aimed it exactly at us so what we wanted to create was an excuse in the pub you're standing there with your mates and they turn around and they say what are you having to drink mate and you go and you've got 10 seconds to say something and you're either going to get shot down or this is going to stand up you know you're gonna be okay and that's what the name one year no beer was designed to do i'm doing one year no beer it says it all it'll put him on the back foot i mean a year my god it's yeah. huge how can you do a year what um so that's what we created we wanted it to be a challenge we wanted it to stand up so and 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 we what we've done is we've built a whole bunch of tools around that so um it's predominantly based around community so we've now got you know five and a half thousand people um in 73 countries uh, the facebook group is absolutely thriving and and uh, the f- online forum for anyone who wants to say stay anonymous um uh, we created daily emails which we work with the um four leading professors at the university of east london um those daily emails are created around positive psychology and habit change and it's just simple stuff every day to start thinking about, to swap about what you're doing. You know, why are you thinking, you know, you look at your trigger. Why are you thinking about um, drinking on a Friday night after a long week? You want to relax. Well, alcohol doesn't make you relax. Okay, it does in the short term, but in the long term, it builds anxiety. It means yeah. you don't sleep well. It ruins your REM. So what you really want to do is you want to come home and you want to do 20 minutes of yoga or mindfulness or you want to exercise you know um maybe you want to get together on a friday night with the lads well that's social inclusion you know okay so go and meet them at the go-karting and go go-karting with them go to paintball go to a spin class you know try and achieve the same rewards but by switching up the habit so we've we've looked into a lot of the science with it um andy my my co-founder is a master's in uh, positive psychology a mindfulness awareness coach so he's the one who's really brought this 
this um, scientific element. And uh, now we've we've um, partnered up with Stirling University, um, and they are now working on our behavioural science stuff. So it's it's starting to get a lot of credibility in the sure, UK. Sure, sure, man. God, that's super exciting, man. Super, super exciting. Um, tell us, tell us about what what you guys are looking down the road to do with some of the some of the live events. You and I talked a little bit about those. Um, where are you hoping to take one year no beer? So we aimed predominantly, um, as, as I said, initially at ourselves, and that's what's caught the most attention. You know, mm-hmm. Public Health England, NHS, these people came to us and said, amazing, there's nothing out there like what you're doing. This is really inspiring. But we will go through a change at some point, um, a branding change, because what we want to do is we want to help create what's happening anyway, but just a little bit faster, and that's making being alcohol-free, being teetotal, being sober, cool. Now, yeah. it's it's happening. It's happening, and this paradigm shift is going to happen, but we just want to help it a little happen quicker. So we're going to create products and services which help you live an alcohol-free life. We're going to work with all of the people out there to, to find events. Now, events could be um, triathlons or, or uh, running or, you know, sponsoring these sort of things. Um, the events could be, as I said, spin classes. Um, we're talking about doing some seminars um, coming up later in this year. Um, so when we do a seminar, what we want to be doing is getting people to think about a healthy life. We touched on this earlier, but what I sort of feel about alcohol in the in the majority of society, not so much in, in the hardened addicts, but in the majority of societies, it's just an ingrained habit that's been marketed to them and they're just sort of glancing along. And when you stop doing the habit and 30 days isn't enough because in 30 days you can just learn to avoid social situations and you can avoid those situations so you don't really learn anything. That's why we choose 90 days and you're forced to learn a new way. Once you take off those alcohol-tinted glasses and you wake up to that new world, you are full of energy, you've, you've lost weight, you've, you've got excited with life again, you, you're sleeping better, blah, blah, blah. You want to take on lots of stuff. So these seminars will be based around fitness, diet, mindset, nutrition, etc. Um, inspiring speakers come in, you know, learn about different exercises, learn about different kit, learn about training, learn about, you know, hear from some of these really inspiring people about habit change and, and focus. And, um, you know, we just really yeah. recently um, brought our first celebrity ambassador on. He's he's um, a part of a series in, across here in the UK called SAS Who Dares Wins. Um, which is uh, ex-SAS soldiers are trying to take people through and, and uh, you know, random people in the UK and beast them into, into submission. It's very popular over here. Mm-hmm. And he's come on as our ambassador. And he, he gave up drinking with us 90-odd uh, days ago, and it's completely changed his life. He says he's never going to go back. Man, so that's exciting, that's exciting man. I, I, I can't wait to, uh, to see how, how um, the whole project just kind of plays out and, and back to, uh, back to, back to making it about not drinking, being cool. I mean, man, yep. dude, that, that is, that is exactly where I'm at, man. I'm right with you. Yeah. there. Someone asked me the other day, like, why, why do you, you know, why do you do what you do? And, um, part of it is because I'm, you know, I, I feel that I just, I want to talk about the whole stigma around alcoholism, around addiction. And part of it too, is because I want people to know that you don't have to be a dope fiend or, or a drunk to fit in yeah. or to, you know, to, to feel comfortable in your, in your life. It's just what you're saying. When you give that shit up 
and you can yeah. honestly wake up every day and just feel that genuine excitement to take a breath and just be like, damn, I'm, I'm so excited to see what God has in store for me today. Like, yeah. man, there's something so powerful about that. And I never really experienced that until I, I gave up drinking and doing drugs, man. So just uh, great yeah. to hear. And man, keep me posted on the seminars, on all that stuff. And I, however I can help, I'll be happy to do so. Sounds like we're on the same mission, so we definitely yeah. will. Um, you know, that, that, that Limitless movie, this is what we're going to give you, okay? We're, this is what we're going to give you. We're going to give you the Limitless movie. Only don't take a drug every day. Just mm. stop taking one. What advice can you give somebody who is questioning right now? Man, maybe, maybe I want to stop or maybe I've been thinking about it for a while. Um, how, do I, how do I get over that, that little roadblock in figuring out what am I going to do? I mean, that's all, you know, for me, it was like, that's all I did is everything that I did revolved around alcohol. So what advice would you give the newcomer that's trying to stop? So the first thing is one, um, you need a goal. Um, so book into something that stretches you where you are today. Now, if you can't run a kilometer, then, you know, book a 5k. If you can already run 5k, then book a half marathon. Uh, it doesn't have to be running. It could be cycling. It could be CrossFit. It could be I want to get, you know, I, w- I want to see my abs again or I want to lose whatever. But book yourself into a challenge in, after after 90 days that is your carrot. The next thing is, as it is the every single success book out there, is write down your reasons why and, and, and your goals. Um, and your reasons why, you know, dig deep. What is it? You know, what is it you want to do with your life? Are you doing it now? Are you are you, are you feeling a little bit of malaise in your life? Are you feeling like you're not really getting what, or doing what you want to do? Well, I promise you, I promise you that giving up alcohol in in 30 to 60 days time, you're going to be absolutely lit up inside. And, and all this stuff, you just chew it up, you know. Maybe maybe you're thinking about starting your new business and you just haven't had the time. I'm telling you, you're going to get an extra hour or two every day when you give up drinking. You're going to wake up at 5 o'clock or 5.30. You're going to be full of energy. Productivity goes through the roof. One of the things I would say it's extremely important is to get in amongst other people. Social inclusion is at our core one of the most important things we want to have in our life. And if all of your friends are drinking, and you're thinking about not doing it and you you'll probably fall off because you need to try and find social inclusion where you feel you're part of a community sure. and with with that sober guy with your with your podcast feeling part of that feeling a part of one year no beer you know joining in these things that will help support you i guess, sure. guess those would be my tips Good stuff, man. Hey, I I greatly appreciate you coming on today, man. It's been great to talk to you. We're going to jump really fast into the heart and hustle round, man. So what that is, is you're going to put your heart into each answer, but hustle it up in 30 seconds or less. Sound good? Sounds good. (laughs) All right, man. Here we go. Number one, where's the weirdest place you've ever thrown up and where's the weirdest place you've ever woken up? Oh, dear. This is going to be embarrassing. Uh, So the weirdest place I've ever thrown up uh, I'm so sorry if you're listening, but the poor girl, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the weirdest place I've ever woken up um, in the middle of a field wearing only boxer shorts in um, minus 10 um, with somebody who's driving past, who's luckily seen my feet uh, <laughs> hanging out of a ditch as I was trying to walk home another six miles to go. And if they didn't catch me, I would have died. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. 
Number two, what's the best thing about being sober? Uh, the best thing about being sober is living life, absolutely being my authentic self and getting to know myself again, yeah. who I truly am. Authentic self, man. That's huge. Love it. Number three, what is one thing you know now you wish you would have known at the beginning of your sobriety? Uh, how great life is without it. How utterly amazing. And you you can probably be careful you don't bore people to tears with it because, um, yeah. you know, it's fantastic. And I wish I'd known because I'd have stopped drinking so much longer ago. Yeah. All right. Number four, Ruri, how do you stay sober? Uh, well, my community keeps me off off drinking any alcohol. Um, but uh, yeah, I just don't have any desire to drink. I don't have any desire to have a hangover. Number five, Rory, last question for you. Where can people find out more information about you and about One Year No Beer? So the best place is to go to www.oneyearnobeer.com. Uh, you can find out everything there or search for the closed Facebook group, One Year No Beer. We'll happily have you in there. But, yeah, head to the website. Come and join us. At the moment, it's all free. Uh, the, you know, the, the, the daily emails, the community, it's all there. So, um, yeah, hope to see you all soon. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the show. Feel free to leave us some feedback. Leave us a review on iTunes. Go to thatsoberguy.com and join the Sober Guy community. Peace, love, respect. Keep your blood clean.